If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following is a Red Apple Podcast Network presentation. They say this is a big, rich town. I just come from the poet's part. Bright light, city life, I gotta make it. Welcome to Dominic Carter's podcast. This is Dominic Carter's City Hall. Now, here's Dominic Carter. Red Apple Podcast Talk Radio 77 WABC. You can listen to me, Dominic Carter, Monday through Friday, midnight to 1 a.m. When all of us are in trouble, we reach out for help. We dial 911, and the first responders are on the way. But do we ever stop to think about the fact that while first responders are saving the world, who is saving their children? Is there a backup system for children of first responders? This is my podcast. Let's go. Children of first responders have to live with the fact daily that mommy or daddy may not ever come back home alive from that shift. I will never forget when I was a little boy doing things that kids shouldn't do and I ended up in trouble. I was in our apartment bedroom with my mother and she was sitting on the edge of the bed watching her soap operas. I was playing with fireworks, sparkles under the bed and woof. Within a matter of minutes, the bedroom went up in flames. In the South Bronx, the Patterson Housing Projects, 271 East 143rd Street. FDNY didn't say this is the projects. We can take our time. They arrived within just a matter of minutes. But here's the key point. The information FDNY received was that there was a child Inside the apartment, me and a firefighter with an oxygen tank on his back did not wait for the elevator, but instead ran up 10 flights of stairs to save a child with all that gear on. That's what first responders do every day. There is a wonderful group that is stepping up tremendously to help first responders and their children with grants to go to school, counseling services, and even helping the families in the event of death. It's called the First Responders Children's Foundation, based out of New York and operating in six states. The president and CEO of the First Responders Children's Foundation is Jillian Crane, and she joins us right now. Thank you for appearing. 
Thank you for having me. And thank you for having First Responders Children's Foundation on your show. You are doing wonderful work. And it seems to me that at times society forgets that first responders have families and first responders have children. Explain to me what exactly is the First Responders Children's Foundation. I think you are 100% right about that. And I think COVID and all of the aftermath of that really taught people how much we rely on the first responders in our local communities and that they have children and families who they often leave at home to go run into danger for the people in their communities. And that is exactly what the foundation is supporting. And I'll just tell you, we started 21 years ago now um, as a response to the attacks on the World Trade Center on on September 11th, 2001, where the children were left behind. So 800 children lost a first responder parent on that day. And that was the impetus for this foundation, which has then gone on to grow into a national foundation where we have programs and support for first responder families around the country. It is wonderful what you're doing Each year, approximately, do you know how many first responders die a year, unfortunately? Yes. So we've had, so we just actually, we get the, in fact, you bring up a good point. We have a program, which is our bereavement program. So every day, unfortunately, it's many days of the week. We do hear about line of duty deaths around the country. And if they have children, we reach out immediately and we do support them with a bereavement grant when, when we put, when we can, which is as often as possible. So, um, so in the last year and year and a half, see, now we just have the numbers. There's almost 500 line of duty deaths, which is including police, fire, EMS. Um, obviously during COVID, you know, the numbers were higher. But there are also a lot of, unfortunately, you know, suicides that are happening in the first responder community now. Um, and, and it's really, most people don't think of that, but it's, it's, it's really happening more often than not. And they leave family behind. And oftentimes, it, there's a gap between when they might receive funds and what they need with their families right away. So that is what the foundation works very hard to support with the bereavement grant. And that's wonderful because, you know, until you're in a situation, we don't understand what it requires. And a first responder, he or she dies. And I don't think the general public understands fully that immediately thousands and thousands of dollars are needed just to bury that individual. And so you're offering grants to families of first responders who unfortunately have passed away. I mean, the funeral itself. And then, you know, there, I will not going to say any names. There was an FDNY uh, EMS, you know, 17 years in the FDNY. He died uh, and he left four children behind. So it was the utility bills and the food on the table and, you know, child care, because now the parent had to go out and work the single parent. So we, these are things that, you know, they don't have the funding for right away. And it takes time for the benefits to kick in. Insurance ends at midnight when a, when a first responder dies, insurance is ends for them. So health insurance. So it's just really, there's a lot that needs to be covered. And, you know, we don't advertise that so much, but we really need support there because it's a worthy thing to say that we're helping the children and families of first responders when they 
terribly, horribly make the ultimate sacrifice, we're there. And the other thing I wanted to tell you, because it just uh, happened the other day, is that our scholarships, which is really how the foundation started, our scholarship link is now live. And for any first responder who hears this program that that you're playing now, uh, has a child who's going to trade school, university, graduate school, they can now apply for a scholarship. And that's wonderful as well. And I'm going to circle back to that. We are chatting with the president and CEO, a wonderful person doing really God's work, Julian Crane of the First Responders Children's Foundation. So I was looking at your website and it's a great website. And I want you to give out the web address and how folks can contact you and how the public can help. But I want you to focus on this as well. One quote on the website stood out at me from a Delia, a daughter of a police officer. And she's quoted as saying, I know when my father leaves for his shift, there's always a chance I may never see him again. Yes. And these children of first responders feel that so much more now. I think you you saw the kinds of social media and sort of media in general around both the pandemic. You know, there are wildfires and hurricanes and civil unrest, things happening around the country. And these kids hear about it and they're more and more aware of what the dangers are, the uncertainty that these children live in on a daily basis. Uh, it's huge. And I think it's one of the reasons during COVID we started to see, obviously, the mental health issues around children and families of first responders, the whole country, of course, all of us and our children, but especially these kids who are watching their parents leave every day and they actually don't know, is my parent going to come home? Are they going to be hurt? Is something terrible going to happen? And then the stress that puts on the the first responder parent, and then they bring that stress home to the family. It's very difficult because it transfers to the kids, and we've noticed an uptick of mental health and, 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 and wellness issues in that area. So we've actually launched a mental health program. Um, which started in last May, and we're in six states, and we're providing free counseling, free confidential counseling with trauma-based therapists and culturally competent therapists in this area of first responders. So I'm really excited that we're starting to, to help in that way because we all know mental health, even our own mental health right now, is, is, not, is not great. Yes. So yes. Um, you bring up a really good point on the quote. There is a huge stress, unique challenges for the children of first responders, and that's why we're here. So before I continue, and I'm going to come right back to mental health, but what's the website and how can the general public help the First Responders Children's Foundation? Thank you for asking. Um, So you can look up First Responders Children's Foundation on Google, and that will just take you to the website, or the website is the number one ST, so first, the number one strcf.org. And if you go there, you can find ways to contribute or be or volunteer, uh, get in touch with us, tell us what your interests are, what programs you might want to support. And we we will very graciously speak to you about anything regarding the first responder community and how you can get engaged with us. But I will add one other thing. If everyone just, uh, you know, tells their local firehouses and police departments uh, and ambulance drivers about us, we have programming for them, their families. And so if you go to the website and see their programming, you can let people know that you meet on the street who are first responders, that, you know, there are programs for their families through the First Responders Children's Foundation. It's wonderful what you're doing. 
And I want to circle back to something you just talked about. You offer, and I believe you said in eight states it's available. I think that's what you said. You offer free eight mental states, health But I want to be in eight states. I love how aspiration you, you are. We want to be <laughs> in eight states, Dominic, so we're in six. But yes, in I six. like it. <laughs> well, well, we'll have you in eight very soon. So you're in six states. But trauma, these are issues that are very near and dear to my heart. And you're offering trauma counseling to children of first responders. What made you step up and do exactly that? Because you and I know that it's desperately needed. It's really needed. I will look even in so in New York City years ago, we started to see just in the community of the NYPD, FDNY, et cetera, in the first responder community itself. You under, we understood there are some mental health issues that really needed to be addressed. But during COVID, we saw more as we had applications for our COVID-19 emergency hardship grant. We were getting requests for help to support children with mental health issues and things that were coming up with anxiety, PTSD, transfer of trauma, you know, suicidal. There were just a lot of things happening. And I thought it was important for us because it's our mission to support first responder families. What do they need? They need mental health support. So we put together a program that provides uh, free, 10, 10 counseling sessions for free, uh, confidential with culturally competent therapists in this area, either virtually or in person in the six states. We launched, we've had about now 750 hours of counseling that we've provided. We need more funding for it. Uh, But we just saw the need. And I think you can hear now there's more peer-to-peer counseling inside of these agencies. But what no one's really addressing are the children. And so we're we're taking our mission and saying, well, we're, we're addressing the children. This is what they need. And so we're looking for support in any way that we can find it. Well, you are the real deal. The website, oh gosh, something, something, something else stood out to me. The website said families of first responders should, quote, feel the strength of our community. Feel the strength of our community. I agree with you. And you mentioned this, but just last month, you announced over $1 million for scholarship grants for children of first responders. So elaborate on what you mean by feel the strength of our community. I love that you picked up on that. You know, we just, we redid our website a little while back because we felt like we needed to address the first responder community specifically and also make it clear what we have to to give. The, The strength of our community is not only the community of first responders that work every day to do the, to, to, to help the communities they live in, but also the strength of what we can provide. We create a sense of community for those that get involved with the foundation, not only the donors, but because we do this with our donors, because we introduce them to their local fire and police. And as much as we can, we bring them into uh, what we're doing. But the community that we provide, for example, you mentioned the scholarships, which is great. We have the scholarships and we gave out more than ever last year, but we also started a scholars council. So it's the first responders, children's foundation, scholars council is the first time we've done this, where now we have 343 kids, by the way, they all wanted to participate, which was shocking. They come on to Zoom calls, they get um, mentorship, they get to learn how to write resumes and do interviews. We bring in speakers for them to 
talk to the community about their questions about what to do after college and how people, you know, resiliency is a big thing. Everyone's talking about that. But how do you have setbacks and overcome them? How do you live with anxiety? How do you value yourself? You know, how do you, how do you function in the world? And so we're giving them peer-to-peer support. We're bringing in outside counselors, you know, like just to talk to them about what their needs might be. And we're creating community for them. And that's the, the, the whole point of it. And I will add, Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Bruno. He's your numero uno. Part of the mission is community engagement. So we've been helping as much as we can starting in the last couple of years. First responders, especially police, go into their community and have and build positive relationships. So we create events um, where, where police can go into their communities and, and bring a toy or have a junior first responders camp. And kids can relate to their local police officers where you are relating to someone on a level which builds trust because we're trying to make it uh, easier for, for them to have relationships with the communities they serve. And again, that's wonderful considering that almost on a nightly basis, I'm reporting about some crime situation or every couple of months, it will bubble up the issue of police community relations. And rather than folks that are just negative, you're doing something positive, trying to build the trust. We are chatting right now with Julian Crane, who is the president and CEO of the First Responders Children's Foundation, and you're stepping up to help first responders. So I'm almost out of time, but we have a lot of police officers, firefighters, you mentioned EMS, any first responder listening to you right now that may be interested in what you have to offer. Just one more time, explain the range of services that might be available and what that individual, that first responder listening right now, what should be their next step to reach you? That is a great question. So First Responders Children's Foundation has programs such as scholarships for their children, bereavement support if the unthinkable ultimate sacrifice happens, uh, financial hardship grants. So you can apply if you have a, an emergency financial situation. Um, you can apply for a financial aid. Um, we have a mental health program for your children. You can go and apply for that help and support. And then we have a community engagement programming. So if you're a first responder and you're at an agency and you want to do a toy express with us, you want toys over the holidays to bring some joy into communities uh, over the holidays, you can come to our website and apply to be part of that program. Or if you're at a first responder and you're at an agency that wants to plan a junior first responder camp to inspire other people to become true heroes, true public servants. We also support you in that way. And all you have to do is go to our website, which is the number one, S as in Sam, T as in Tom, rcf.org, or look up First Responders Children's Foundation. Click on that and you'll go right to our website where you can see all of our programs and apply. And can the public donate if they're interested in helping out? Yes. 
the public can donate by going to our website and clicking on donate and you can select a program or just make it a general donation and you can reach out in an email to us so we know who you are um, but we will we will respond to you and we, we really you know any amount it could be a dollar it could be five dollars it adds up knowing that you are supporting first responder families I think it's up to us as a nation to do that important uh, philanthropy, because these are the people who we call when we need help. I think all of us, no matter where you live, when you call 911, it's an emergency. It's your worst day, and you want the first responders to show up. So we want to be there for them every day, every day we can. I think that's uh, what we have as a responsibility. Julian Crane, is there anything that, that I did not ask you that you feel is relevant and needs to be said? Dominic, this is one of the best interviews I've ever had. So I, <laughs> you really, you are amazing, well, and I can't, you. I can't tell you, um, sir, how how honored we are, and I am personally to to be on your show. I listen to you. Um, you always do wonderful interviews, and I'm I'm really honored to have been a part of it. I appreciate your your knowing all this information and asking these good questions, and I thank you. But no, I want to thank you because you're right. We do want to be there every day for our first responders. After all, it is the right thing to do. They are there for all of us. Jillian Crane, the president and CEO of the First Responders Children's Foundation, thank you for doing what you do. The bottom line here is you are doing God's work. Jillian, you are the real deal. And that wraps up this episode. I want to thank you folks for joining us. You can catch me on 77 WABC weeknights, midnight to 1 a.m. If you are interested in my book or my life, No Mama's Boy, which I will personally sign for you, or my bobblehead doll, go to my website, DominicCarterOnline.com, DominicCarterOnline.com, you can also go check out the Dominic Carter merchandise at the 77 WABC store. From Dominic Carter t-shirts to hats and much more, go to WABCRadioStore.com. Dominic Carter, Red Apple Podcast, 77 WABC. Dominic Carter Socials on Twitter at Dominic TV and Facebook and Instagram. Dominic Carter TV. Email at Dominic.Carter at WABCRadio.com. Until the next episode, be well. And as Dominic always says, stay positive. The glass is always half full, never half empty. Dominic Carter City Hall.